So we hear a very interesting line from the prophet Isaiah today, a couple of them actually, uh, which reveal Isaiah's depth and also that kind of maybe fundamentally he was a bit of a culture. Um, like if you look at a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of farmers, when they try to kind of chat up a girl, uh, they use various chat-up lines, which can be more or less successful. Uh, but there may even be then, you know, Jenny, you're like, you're, you're lovely, like you're like a, like a, you're like a John Deere, right? You're like a, you're like a John Deere 6120, like with the, with the extent, you know, <laughs> with, with the front lift, like, you know what I mean? That's what you're like, do you know what I mean? And the girl is like, that's, that's really not impressive at all, really, is it? Are you saying I'm, I'm massive and, and green? Is that what you're saying? So, but we listen to the words here, right? Where Prophet Isaiah, where he says, Do not be afraid, Jacob, poor worm, Israel, puny might. I will help you, right? So God is saying to us, Do not be afraid, you little worm, you little maggot. Um, I will help you. Again, I'm not feeling very, well, we, it's, it's actually much more consoling than it seems. Hold on. And then it says, see, I'll turn you into a, into a threshing sled with new double teeth. Imagine all the girls going, I, I, don't, I don't want double teeth. I don't. I mean, it's not really what every little princess aspires to be, you know, a, a threshing sled with double teeth. Um, and you shall thresh and crush the mountains and turn the hills into chaff. Okay, again, not really things we aspire to, but... The point made is, very, is still very, very valid. That before God, like we are, you know, a mite. We don't even, a mite is like, it's like a flea, right? So we're tiny. In the grand scheme of things, insignificant. On the grand scheme of things, like we really don't matter. None of us matter on the grand scheme of things. And yet, the Lord raises us up, right? For, like, even though on one hand, we don't matter, like in if you think of the, the size of the whole universe, if, if, if the world were suddenly to explode, would it make any difference at all in the universe? No. In fact, it would take, what? Uh, at, traveling at the speed of light, it would take 10 or 12 years before the rest of the universe would even notice. At the speed of light. You know, so like basically, we don't make a difference. And yet, and yet, all of creation was created through Jesus for us, for us, for us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. That's, that's what we say in the creed. So he comes down from heaven and does all of this for us. So we are this puny mite, <laughs> right? We are this, this poor little worm, right? But God wants to raise us up and turn us, turn us into something important, but always through him. So even like yesterday, we were discussing about like the future of the church and the renewal of the church and how this has gone in the past. And again, this is all, this is actually biblical, where there have been periods of, of, of fidelity and periods of infidelity, and dare I say, even idolatry. And then it's always in those moments that God shows he's the one who intervenes. He's the one who brings the people back. It's always shown, yes, sometimes through people, but it's always God's work. And this is what <coughs> we see in this reading. It's also what we see in the saint of today, Saint Juan Diego. So born in, in 1474, uh, he was born uh, with no... Christian faith, he was born a, an Aztec pagan, if you will, and uh, his parents, his father died when he was young, uh, doesn't, I, couldn't, I didn't find anything about his mother, but uh, he was brought up by his uncle anyway, so he lived with his uncle and brought up by his uncle, and uh, so obviously had a great, a great love for him. Then Franciscan missionaries came to that locality, 
and, uh, and he converted. He was one of the first to convert. So he was a regular attendee at Mass and was known for his very simple, humble piety. Just a very, one of those, like, uh, I think I mentioned it to you before, but maybe two months ago, a man came to visit here and uh, just a, a man kind of like Juan Diego, just uh, a man who had lived his life as a farmer and had, you know, when you see a person like with big hands, but then even bigger knuckles because they've got arthritis. You know, when the knuckles kind of swell and the fingers don't really move with the same kind of flexibility as they used to, you know, and just really, really concerned about, you know, the souls of his children and the souls of his parish. And just like, I just don't know what I can do for them. I just, I see, you know, I thought that I'm better than anyone, like, but like the people aren't going to mass. They're not going, like, they're not receiving Jesus in the Eucharist. You know, and I, I go to adoration, like, and I, 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 I praise for them, like, and I just, I just, I just want them all to be okay. Like, I just want them all to get, to get to heaven, like. Anyway, you can just see the absolute sincerity of the man. Just, do you know I mean, just so humble before the Lord, like, just in, in a, such a simple way, a great saint. Uh, the man is actually a saint. Do you know what I mean? Just an absolute sincerity of heart. So that's what we have in, in, in Juan Diego. A very simple man with a profound love for the Lord. So uh, on the 9th of December, he's going to the Church for the Peace of the Immaculate Conception. I guess the 8th of December must have been a Sunday because I don't know why, why else he'd be going to celebrate the Immaculate Conception on the 9th. Okay. So he's going to the church on the 9th of December. And on the way there, he meets this, this beautiful young lady Right, something again very celestial. Something she's not just a kind of a regular, <laughs> pretty lady. There's something like very, very beautiful about her. And he recognized her, right? Recognized who she was. That this is, this is our lady. This is the woman we've been hearing about in our in our catechism classes from the Franciscans. And she speaks to him very in in, in his own language, uh, in his own dialect even. Uh, someone was joking with me recently, what if, imagine if Our Lady like appeared in Liverpool or, or Australia or, you know, Donegal or something. Imagine, like, imagine the accent she'd have. Oh, could, it could make quite, quite the movie at some stage. But okay, moving on. So he, he speaks, she speaks to him in his, own, in his own language, in his own dialect, and asks for a church to be built up on Tepeyac, up on the hill where this, where this all took place. And... Uh, that he was to go to the bishop and request this. And you can imagine one dear going, me, go to the bishop. Because like, you know, you're just, in Spanish, as in most languages, like there's, there's a way of speaking formally, there's kind of a formal Spanish that you should speak when you're speaking to people uh, above you. And, and that can, not everyone knows how to do that well. So you can imagine be kind of embarrassed. I don't even know how I'm going to talk to him. Like, um, but in obedience he does, which must have been very, very humbling, because you knock on this doof, 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 on this big bishop's palace, and the secretary opens the door, welcomes him in, and um, Juan Diego explains the story. So, where do you start? Like, uh, I just met Our Lady, and um, she wants us to build a chapel up on that hill, which is difficult to access and difficult to get to, and we have a cathedral right here. But she wants a hill. She wants a, a church up there. And the bishop said, well, if he was Irish, he would have said, I, I will, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so he said, look, uh, we, we have a cathedral here, so it's a nice, it's a nice idea. It is, it's a nice idea, but that, that's, that's not going to happen. Okay, thanks very much, though, for your time. So when Diego goes back, meets our lady, still on the ninth, 
and says to her, um, I was unsuccessful, I'm sorry, I failed. I'm sorry I failed you. Uh, and she said, go back again. <laughs> you can imagine him saying, <laughs> I, can, I can try. So the following day, the 10th, he goes back and says, hi, it's, uh, it's me again. Um, I saw a lady on the way home and she said that we should build this chapel on the hill. And the bishop said, look, it's not a nice idea, but like, how on earth can we prove that you saw our lady? Like, that's, that's, sorry. So he heads off back home and meets our lady on the way home. Again, so this is the third operation. And he says, look, I'm, I'm sorry, I've, I, it, I was unsuccessful, I failed you. And she said, okay, come see me tomorrow and I will give you a sign for him. Okay, so the, tomorrow then was the 11th. So on the 11th, uh, his uncle was gravely sick. And so Juan Diego wanted to get a priest or a doctor. He wanted help for his uncle. So he was heading into town, but took a different route. So Our Lady wouldn't find him. So he tries to avoid meeting Our Lady just because it's not that he didn't want to meet her. It's just, I have to get my uncle sorted first and you know we'll sort the chapel thing out later. My uncle is dying here. Uh, so He's heading into town, and then Our Lady meets him on this other route. Uh, and he explains, Look, I'm, I'm sorry, just my uncle, my uncle is dying. And she responds with these beautiful words, am I not here who am your mother? Am I not here who am your mother? So she tells him to go up to the hill, climb up the hill a little further, and to uh, collect the roses that he would find there. And he says, this is... December we don't okay okay you know best mom so he goes up and collects the roses and puts them into his tilma which is kind of like a child's bell actually puts them into his tilma like this and then the, the, the accounts of the story say that she she arranged them so I'm not sure if she went up with him or if probably I'm not sure if she went up with him or if, if he met her on the way down again but either way our lady arranges them in his tilma again just he, she arranged he did his thing then he goes to the bishop and uh you know hi again it's me <laughs> do you want to imagine the reaction yeah it's really great to see you um and he says i have a sign and so he drops the tilma at that point and the roses hit the floor now at, the, at this point all juan diego knew was that the roses were there which are which don't normally grow at that time of the year which is a big enough uh, well back in the day it would have been a miracle today obviously you can freeze things and import them not then so he's like pretty impressed with himself like that the roses have hit the floor but then he saw how the bishop and his secretary and another man were standing there just mouths agape at what they beheld or what was before them and then he looked down and he saw for himself the first time of the image of our lady of guadalupe la guadalupana as they call her and uh, everything about that image the, the more research they do into it, everything about it is supernatural uh, so they magnified all, all sorts of parts of it to see how it was created. So there are no brush strokes. You know, if, so if it was painted, be, the hairs would be kind of folded over and stuck. So if you, if you focus in, you'd see how it was painted. It's not painted. It's also made of a kind of a cactus fiber, which this is back in 1531. Cactus fiber wouldn't last 30, 40 years. It's basically a vegetable. 
Like, it, you know, it's not going to last long. Uh, this is centuries later, and it's still there on display. And the magnification also showed all sorts of interesting things. One, the, the color seems to not be so, as such soaked into the material as hovering just above it. it. It hasn't been absorbed into the material, but it's there. But it's not in it, it's on it. It's just above it. It's, kinda, it's a very interesting thing. Also, the pigments aren't, they're not acrylic, they're not oil, they're not water-based. It's a color substance that we don't have. Uh, but so it's very, very interesting. Also, they, fo they focus in on the eyes of, the, of, of, of Our Lady. And in her eye, you can see the reflection of what she saw when the tilma was dropped. So you can see the bishop and the secretary and the other man. There's some, someone else there as well. You can see them in the pupil of Our Lady. You know, like, and, it's, and, uh, and it's, got, it's got the kind of domed effect, like if you're looking through a glass ball or something. You know, so it's, it, again, detail that you could never paint and also that no one even knew was there until I think it was the 70s when research was done all sorts of all sorts of interesting things and then of course the, 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 the you could give a whole homily on just on the symbolic the symbolism of the position of the stars represents this, the position of the stars in the sky at that time in in, in Mexico the fact that she's standing on the moon uh, overcoming any kind of still remnant pagan worship that was there the moon god uh, and she's pregnant Again, a very, very pro-life image. Our Lady is, is, is carrying Jesus. And the sash represents that too, that she's a, a, a pregnant woman. So uh, such a, a, a wonderful pro-life image. So and she, then she has her head bowed. So again, like we, we mentioned yesterday as well, uh, a sign that she isn't God. She leads us to something divine, but she herself isn't divine because she's bowing her head to someone greater. Our Lady leads us to Jesus. So we see in this <coughs> typical, typically divine plan, right, where do not be afraid, Jacob, puny worm, Israel, puny might, I will help you, it is the Lord who speaks. Do not be afraid, little Juan Diego. You're uneducated, I know, your Spanish is rough, <coughs> not a bother. I will help you. I will help you. And fast forward to our time. We can say the same for the church of today, and we can say the same for us as individuals. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Insert your own name, Annie. Poor worm. Roisin, puny mite. I will help you. It is the Lord who speaks. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. So, again, this is where we get our, our, our realism and our hope. Realism, we can actually look at the world and the mess that it's in without getting disheartened because our hope isn't in us or our solutions. Our hope is in the Lord who made heaven and earth and all that exists in them. So we can, we can be realistic and still be hopeful. So when we look at the miracle of, of Guadalupe, and the, the fidelity of little Juan Diego, Saint Juan Diego. I think it should give us great hope for ourselves and for the future of our church. Obviously the church and then a much bigger church were built up on the hill of Tepeac and within a short number of years, over nine million Aztecs converted. Our Lady did the, did the converting. The Franciscans were sent there. They, they did the groundwork. 
then Our Lady just multiplies their efforts to the nth degree. And to this day, Mexico is still faithful. I hope it's as faithful interiorly as it appears to be exteriorly, kind of like us as Irish, or you know, we have the name of being faithful. I hope, it, hope the, the internal reality is the same. I know the tattoo of Our Lady Guadalupe is, is quite common. Mine, mine took three different sittings because it's quite, it's quite big. But um, I, I hope the devotion to Our Lady Guadalupe goes a little deeper than that, though. It needs to go a little deeper than the skin. Uh, it needs to be in here. That we recognize also that Our Lady carries us. Who? Why are you afraid? Am I not here who am your mother? So despite our smallness, let us never be afraid that the Lord can work great things in us and through us as he did through Juan Diego. Amen.